This podcast is going to be recorded in two parts. Yeah. Right now, it is uh, 9.34. It's um, a Tuesday evening. 34, the Austin Matthews number, Claire. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And um, tonight is going to be a pivotal moment in both my and Jolan's friendship, but also in the history for Canadians. Wow, we're going with the whole of Canada, are we? We okay. are. And uh, we are going to document what it yeah. is like to be a Toronto Maple Leaf fan from afar mm. on what is set to be the most important game in their playoff history in certainly the last 20 years. Yeah. Game seven for the third time against Boston Bruins. And it's all in their hands. Toronto could rewrite history tonight. So somehow, we're going to try and have a very sensible, comprehensive Mm. conversation about the rest of the playoffs. And then part two, we will record the final five minutes of the Toronto-Boston game with our reaction as it happens. I'm just, I'm just laughing because I'm seeing you here trying to be all measured and calm and <laughs> be professional, and yet both of us are standing here in my kitchen in Leafs jerseys. No, can I just say, right, I've got, <laughs> I've got, my, uh, I've got a little Leafs badge right. in my car. Yeah. I've got my Leafs hoodie. Yeah. I've got my Leafs jersey. Right. But also, I've got... Leaf bab socks. Leaf, leaf oh, they're not bab oh. socks, but they're like flight socks, right? You know, they're basically cut off the circulation. <laughs> 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 wow. So yeah, you can tell that we are giddy, excited, terrified, uh, all of those emotions. Um, but there is really not much point in talking about the Leafs Bruins series <laughs> at this point because it's a coin toss. Now, it, we could talk about it in glowing terms, or we could talk about it. Like our cat's just been run over. It is really that much of a difference. So we're not going to talk. Fans of this podcast, if you do not like the Leafs chat, you are in for a treat because this episode, certainly the first bit anyway, is going to be pretty much leaf free. Anyway, if you are loving the Stanley Cup playoffs, then this is going to be a very, very special episode of NHL fans from afar. like I've been watching a soap opera this week, Jolon, I have mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. The ups, the downs, there were more twists and turns and heartbreak than a Disney movie. Did I not say it's like a BBC One crime drama? You did, actually. It is you like did. a BBC One crime drama. Yeah. You think the villain is there. No, you think the villain is there. He's the good guy. She's the bad guy. All of this stuff happens and your opinion changes night in, night out. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, we have a guest this week um, to to make sure that we don't talk too much about the Toronto Maple Leafs. In fact, we could almost put that aside, I think. So we thought we'd bring somebody on who knows exactly how to deal with heartbreaking series (laughs) because we thought that might set us up well. Uh, Georgie Hunt, who uh, joined me and Stephen a couple of weeks back. I don't even know when it was, Georgie. I've lost all sense of time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? February. Yeah, that was right. Just uh, around the trade deadline. Georgie is a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And I have to tip my hat to you, Georgie, for coming on to an NHL 
fans from afar podcast just days after your team has been swept in the playoffs. Yeah, just just take us through that series as a Penguins fan. Well, the first game lacked effort. The second game lacked effort. Third game, fourth game, and then they're out. I mean, that's all oh, I found. Man. Really? So was it that was it that brutal? Because I have to be honest. I mean, I've I've watched obviously every Leafs game and I've watched condensed highlights of every game so far in round one. But you only get a sense from those kind of games how they go. You see the highlights, but were they really as outplayed as a sweep would suggest? Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> That's the painful part about it. Like. The whole history of the Penguins and the Islanders is the Penguins have always, especially Crosby, have scored very well against the Islanders. But in this series, I don't, I don't know what the matter was. I don't know whether the Islanders just, they must have just wanted it that much more than the Penguins. And I felt the Penguins were a bit complacent or arrogant. I don't know. It really shows, doesn't it, that there is no... There isn't necessarily an easy route to get in that Stanley Cup because here you have um, a team that has stars, that has, um, has veterans who understand what it takes to win a cup. You've got um, a, a decent coach. Most of that team has Stanley Cup rings. Absolutely. Like recent ones. Yeah. And, and I mean, it really shows what what is that magic something that it takes because as we look across the the first round of the playoffs seeing tampa go out um seeing pittsburgh go out even seeing things like an incredible game last night for carolina hurricanes to force game 7 against washington capitals they were running rings around this team in the final 5 minutes we'll get onto that later but it, it, there's something about this that even when you have the money, the skills, the right coaches, there's almost like this kind of special juicy flavoring, like that hunger that is not measurable that you need. And maybe that's what they were missing. I, I think so. Like just every period I watched, they, as you said, they were just outplayed. It was really hard to watch. Oh. <laughs> Compared to like the, the 2016 playoffs when you could see the intensity and they really wanted they really wanted to win. This year they just it's almost like they didn't care. I felt like they just they didn't have the determination to try and get out of the black hole they dug themselves into. And just maybe there was. I also think that Mike Sullivan's lost the room a bit because he doesn't seem to have the effect on the players that he used to. Well, what kind of reaction has there been since they took that exit? Um, I mean, what kind of things was Sidney Crosby saying? What was Mike Sullivan saying to the press afterwards? And is there is there a rumor that there will be trades and big changes coming up in the off season for Penguins? Yeah, what I've uh, read mainly on Twitter so far is that the only untouchables are Mark and, and Crosby, which I think is a bit of a weird thing to say because like, a lot of the players have no movement clauses. I don't know how that's... <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, 
um, Crosby said that they weren't consistent enough, they didn't execute well enough, and he personally didn't perform well enough. But I th- the one person I thought actually did was trying every time I saw him was Crosby. He was very noticeable on the ice, and there was Kessel, oh, invisible some some points. But the problem is that one man doesn't make it a team. Exactly, it's like um, David Oilers, or however you want to call them. Yeah, it, it, and, and that, that is the issue, isn't it? That, that kind of triangle approach that is put, in my opinion, of the Penguins, mm. that Crosby is the top of the franchise and all fingers point towards him with maybe two, three, four people underneath him. It, it's very triangular in its shape, whereas where we thought the success of someone like Tampa would be, was it wasn't triangular. There was, there was, it was more like a, a good, thick depthy rectangle yeah. with <laughs> this is terrible enough but at the same time that's what we thought pittsburgh were and that's what pittsburgh have been you know if crosby wasn't there it was malkin if malkin wasn't there it was kessel scoring you had chris letang at the back you had matt murray and gold you know pittsburgh are the team on paper that should be winning the stanley cup they are in their prime what is interesting now is what happens next? How much do they tinker with that? And it's interesting you were saying about untouchables, Georgie, because I've even heard uh, just through things on Twitter of saying that, you know, maybe it is time to trade Malkin and look to go with a different approach and trade while his price is still high. Because as you say, a lot of the rest of their roster is really locked down. I mean, the thing is with trading Malkin is you couldn't get back what he's worth or you couldn't if you trade Malkin you couldn't get back to 45 point scorers or you could I, and we'd have a massive hole in our second line <laughs> center position yeah uh, I, I would want to get rid of Patrick Hornquist I'd want to get rid of most of the defence <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jack Johnson would, would Toronto like Jack Johnson please uh, no we're alright thanks we've got our uh, we've, we've, we've got plenty uh, elderly defensemen who are on their way out thank you very much uh, we, we don't have any room at that particular inn see what I'm Jack Johnson oh. I was going to say I was intrigued by New York Islanders who have obviously had a bit of a makeover to say the least this season, haven't they? With Trotz. Didn't they lose a big a free agent, didn't they? In the last oh, summer, yeah. wasn't it? I can't remember. Some guy, Johnny. I can't remember. John, John, someone or other. John, right. John T. T. V. Yes. Yeah. A bit of a weight in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like it hasn't, you know, they pulled themselves together. I mean, with having someone like Lou Lamorello, Barry Trotz at the top of the yeah. chain, you're always going to expect there to be results. But to and be Robin Leonard coming out of nowhere. I mean, that was a that was a, you know, he Lou Lamorello gave Robin Leonard his kind of you know his one more year mm. prove you are an NHL goaltender, mm. and he's now a Vesna nominated goaltender this year. It's almost though <laughs> so like that. Unfortunately for me, um, Georgie, that the Pittsburgh New York Islanders series, it wasn't one that I stayed up late to watch when my team weren't playing because it just seemed to be kind of so seamless, really. There wasn't really a lot of controversy, like, say, 
you know, the San Jose and, and Vegas series, there was goals smashing around all over the place there. And it was like toe to toe along the, the way. Um, and because Pittsburgh and New York Islanders weren't kind of necessarily at the top of the food chain when it came to like bookies favorites, they kind of slipped slipped away in my um attention span really but i mean what was your i know this is difficult but what did you think of the new york islanders when you were watching them what were you thinking of their their style did they seem quite slick and together um they play the trap and the penguins don't like playing the trap and that sort of unraveled the penguins I think, well, the way I saw it anyway, the, the, every mistake that Kessel or Malcolm would make or Latang would make, the Islanders would zoom down the end of the ice and then score on Murray. It was great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think the, the, thing, the thing you talk about as well with that, Claire and, and Georgie, you know, the Islanders should have been favourites going into this if you look at the standings yeah like they're above them in the standings if i'm right in saying and and yet all the way through this whole entire build-up to the, the first round it would have been very hard to find anyone who would have backed the islanders I because don't know, because I... of pittsburgh's experience and because of the magic that you talked about earlier yeah everyone expected pittsburgh to Absolutely, kind of go i did all right here we go Playoffs are started. Come on, Sydney. Come on, Malkin. Here we go. We're going to now see the Stanley Cup for. Penguins. And actually, all they were doing in the regular season was just limping over the line into the playoffs. Mm. That I think that was the bit that was the shock because mm. it just didn't happen. Mm. It just didn't happen at all. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of the uh, regular season games. It was, it was consistent mediocrity is the way I'd phrase it. Yeah. Consistently frustrating to watch, consistently not improving. But you know. See, I'm in, I'm intrigued by this trap that you talk about because if we I look you at might, some technical hockey term that I don't really understand. The trap. <laughs> the um if we look at the game seven, which will happen tomorrow, Carolina and uh, Capitals. Looking at the game that I watched last night, Carolina, Carolina have that hunger that we talked about mm. that Pittsburgh were lacking. Mm. Um, and, and I can't even begin to really see what a Carolina-New York Islanders second round would look like. <laughs> and again, we, we talk about the kind of the history, the stars, um, what we think should go happen. Should the Capitals turn on the Stanley Cup Capitals that we're expecting? But what really made stand out in the game that I watched last night was when things don't go Capitals' way, <laughs> they're an incredible, um, incredibly emotive team and they weren't able to get back, get back uh, on the horse. When Ovechkin um, thought that he uh, had tied the game uh, with 10 minutes to go uh, in the third. And the, and the, the him and his teammates were in the corner of the eye celebrating, and then it turned out that that goal had been waved off. <laughs> he was so frustrated, it rocked the whole of the bench. And the Carolina Hurricanes were just like um, sumo wrestlers in that they just held their own, they just kept going and were very solid. 
And what seemed to unravel for the first time that I've never seen the Washington Capitals do this was they were just running around like headless chickens. They couldn't, you know, there were turnovers left, right and centre. Avechkin was getting more and more fired up to the point that he got kicked out the game with five minutes to go. I mean, who would have ever thought that this was possible? And let alone against the Carolina Hurricanes. So in that sense, if we look at that kind of bottom right section of our bracket, yeah, of course we all wrote on our bracket, Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguin, guaranteed second round. I, I think most of us would have assumed that that was a given. But here we are potentially seeing a New York Islanders and Carolina Hurricanes second round. I think it's fair to say, Claire, a lot of our brackets have been ruined. I mean, uh, brackets... Apart from my crazy one, Brackets yeah. is now kind of a dirty word when it comes to these uh, playoffs. I mean, I had Calgary uh, <laughs> Calgary losing to Tampa in the uh, Stanley Cup final. How's that looking? <laughs> like... See, uh, we should talk about Calgary and Colorado as well, because we do have to say a massive congrats and also a belated happy birthday to Stephen Edwards, um, who's going to be coming back and doing some more playoff uh, coverage with us. We just mm. couldn't face to have him on this week. Do you know what? He's he just, just, just tweeted. Away. He's just said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty calm right now. Uh, just waiting for the second round of the playoffs to start. Man. Colorado win 4-1 against Calgary Flames. Um, you know, what the heck? Winnipeg Jets go out to the St. Louis Blues and I've put their kissed goodbye to our chances of an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final right there. Yeah, well, not, not any kiss goodbye to that. I mean, Toronto are currently, as we record this, the only Canadian team left in the playoff, which means all Canadians outside of Toronto are going to be supporting Carolina. <laughs> tonight probably because they'll do anything but support toronto the carolina. actual canadian team yeah they'll probably support carolina not boston definitely not boston <laughs> i think even that's a bit too much for some canadians to swallow <laughs> but the calgary colorado um uh matchup i i just thought was it was incredible i kind of caught bits of this i didn't watch full games but i mean i wrote down here just listen to some of the commentary when i watched the highlights colorado never is the number eight seed in the east or the west beaten the number one seed um, to get to the Western Conference semi-finals, that was the stat that I wrote and plucked out. So, you know, it, it really does kind of make you think, doesn't it? Because we're looking at Tampa, maybe Washington, um, Calgary. Uh, who was it? Who was at the top of the other one? Blum, can't remember. Nashville, Winnipeg. Nashville, Tampa. Nashville. So yeah. So we're looking at the guys who are at the top of their division had sat there for many many months exiting in the first round of the playoffs did you get to see much of the other playoffs georgie or were you just i mean it sounds like you didn't uh, have to invest too much time in the penguins but <laughs> did you manage to uh, watch any other games uh yes i watched um i watched some of the washington and carolina game i watched wait, I, I mean, what I also thought about the Washington Carolina, did you see about Hamilton the pig? No. Right? <laughs> so, they, so there was a, I'm not quite sure the full story, but right. when you Google Great. it, you'll see, you'll see the picture. But all you needed to know was that a fan had this pig and believed it was the team's lucky charm. So much so that last night, the team invited the pig oh, to be in the tunnel so that the players would pass Hamilton the pig. Uh, as they were going in and out. Off, Haven't they got the a ice. player called Hamilton? 
well, maybe that's what it is then. Dougie Hamilton, he plays for Caroline, doesn't There's, he? There is some reference there. I can't quite remember, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but what I also thought was interesting with Washington, that, that obviously Oshie was injured in um, game four as well. Um, He's out now, isn't he? Yeah, but then Braden Holtby set a new record for the franchise with the highest number of shutouts in playoff history for their franchise. So who knows? What on earth is going to happen in Game 7? Are they going to turn it back on? Which, which Washington Capitals are going to come out? The one that got the 6-0 shutout or the one where it all fell apart and, and uh, Avechkin just lost it like a little toddler? I mean, I took great joy in that. You know me, right? I hate <laughs> Alex Ovechkin. Georgie, thoughts about Avechkin? <laughs> oh. Yeah, they, um, they've never been very good against the Penguins in Game 7s. I think the Penguins have always been them in Game 7s. I think that's right. I want to share that. I just, I loved his (laughs) face. If I could have created a gif for myself to play when when he went from celebrating, going, yes, to, oh, 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 oh. It was just like the the emotion on that guy's face. I love. But I love it. See, I'm completely opposite to Claire on, on that one with Ovi. Like, as a fan, I want to see that. Like, uh, it, if I am a Caps fan in that scenario, I'm going through all of those emotions. The worst thing that can happen is for them just to turn around and carry on and take it. I want to see a player like that. Not do anything so stupid you get suspended, Nazim, but do something to just show that this really does mean something. Mm-hmm. And I think with players like OV and, and stars like that, whether you love him or hate him, and I hate seeing him score those goals against your own team, but you cannot question the amount of passion and effort that he must put in to try and carry, sometimes carry that team, which I guess, Georgie, as a Penguins fan, it's going to be sickening for you to say, but that's what you needed from your Penguins in this playoff, which you didn't get. Uh, Yeah. Stars play a huge part in the playoffs. And it's interesting you talking, Georgie, about Crosby and Malkin and Kessel not turning up and not scoring points. And the same could be said for the likes of uh, Johnny Goudreau in Calgary and also many of their players as well. And Tampa is littered with stars (laughs) who didn't turn up in the playoffs this year. And, you know, they're all out. And yet you look at a team like Colorado and Mikko Rantanen and uh, Nathan McKinnon and Landeskog, players like that, they are playing at such a high level and turning up. It, it suddenly then doesn't matter that you've only got one line. Toronto really have only had one line that really scores. They've had other lines that contribute. But those stars, whether it be your goaltender, whether it be your goal scorer, whether it be your goal scoring D, whoever it is, if they are not firing come playoff time, that's it for your whole team. Yeah, the team is not clicking for some reason. Locker room fallout. You don't know what happens. Injuries. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd love to know what the locker room like was like in the Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, man. This is a mystery. Like, I mean, that, you know, John Cooper recently signed a contract extension because. Why wouldn't you? The guy scored 120 odd points in a record breaking season mm. and looked like he had world beaters. And yet they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, who, you know, 
let's give them credit, are probably a better team than their ranking suggests. But even so, they're not. They shouldn't beat Tampa Bay in four. Like, they just shouldn't with the amount of star power that the Lightning have. What do we do with this? Because, you know, if you look at... If you look at Washington Capitals again, um, Alex Ovechkin waited years, years. To George get is going to leave if we keep talking about the Washington Capitals. This <laughs> <laughs> will be like me talking about Sorry. like the Montreal Canadiens. But constantly. Uh, they were just another example, and and with Pittsburgh as well. You know, it took a few years to get that chemistry right. The problem, I guess, yeah, but with we're not but we're not that... talking about losing in a in a conference final or even losing in a first round. We're talking about being swept by the number eight seed, the team that That's just true. got in. I mean, of all the ways to go, I mean, yeah. it's a rock and roll way to go. That's inexcusable if you're the Lightning. That's inexcusable if you're the Flames. Like I will, and my days is is an odd thing for me to say on the eve of what's about to happen. But I will forgive any team for losing in Game Seven, unless it's Toronto Maple Leafs against the Boston <laughs> Bruins. But if your team loses in Game Seven of a series, you have pushed it to the max, and it's come down to a coin toss in Game Seven. Okay, if your team gets swept, that means you've lost two games at home. If you're the higher seed, it's you've lost the first two. And then you've not even be able to rally and be able to get a single win. If you're Tampa Bay, if you're Calgary, I know they won the one, but it was only really because of Mike Smith. That's just not good enough. If they, did Tampa even lose four games in a row through the whole season? I don't, probably not. Probably yeah, not. Twelve in the season or something? Didn't they? Ridiculous. Well, really? Sixty-two wins, sixty-three, yeah. sixty-four wins. Was it something out of eighty-two games? That's just mad. I mean, what? But what do you do? I mean, again. It's a, it's a bit like all of these teams. What's going to be fascinating in the summer is going to be seeing well, got what they problem, do. Well, they've got a problem, haven't they? Well, yeah. They, I mean, they all do. Calgary do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, George, you're right. They've got to sign Braden Point. And you've got... And also, on Braden Point, there was all this talk of how he would just, you know, he'll sign the Tampa Bay deal, which means, you know, no tax. So he'll sign less to, you know, help the team and all this kind of stuff. If you're Braden Point, and you're sitting on that team surrounded by players who haven't turned up, you're not taking a discount. Mm. No chance. Mm. I just don't. I think you should get nine-ish. You think nine? Yeah. Eight, eight and a half, nine. What does, what does Stamkos get? Eight and a half. See, that's just nuts. Kucherov gets nine and a half. It's nothing really, oh, is it? Oh, man, that's just ridiculous. Because there's no income tax, and Eisenman is a wizard. Which also, by the way, yeah, I was going to say, let's not gloss over the fact that Steve Eisenman, who is the architect of this Lightning team, and up to the point he left, very successful Tampa Bay <laughs> team, um, he has now gone to Detroit. And it was all very strange uh, why he left Tampa when he did mid-season, but his family were in Michigan, and so he was traveling to Florida um, to be the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So a lot of people did think uh, that the reason why he left when he did was because he knew there was something going to be lined up in Detroit, which would obviously take him back home to be with his family and to do the job that he wanted to do. So really interesting time for Detroit Red Wings fans, because, you know, all you've got to look at is that Tampa Bay team and say what you like about this playoff round, but they are an incredible team and he is the GM to get and the Red Wings have got him. Interesting. Interesting. So, <laughs> so yeah. many bad contracts. 
good luck. Well, I know. And I mean, you've got your work cut out, but I guess out of all of the, out of all of the people you would want to come into that situation, yeah. then, you know, it's either Lou Lamorello or Steve Eisenman, you know, because Lou Lamorello will do one job for you, but Steve Eisenman might just create something that means that you're a contender again in a few years time. I've got a theory, by the way, that the Atlantic division, which currently is pretty tough, like pretty tough, yeah, um, is going to be a juggernaut of a division for probably the next five or six years. Because not only have you got Steve Eisenman now going to Detroit, now, okay, that's going to take some time. He's not going to work his magic overnight. But you've also got Joel Quenville going to Florida as well. They are going to tank up with loads and loads of free agents. Talk of Bobrovsky and Panarin both going there. So not only have you got one of the best coaches in the league, you've got two big free agents possibly going there as well. You've already got Tampa, Boston. You've already got the Leafs. It's going to be basically just going to be the Sens. Like, that's it. This is going to be the only team you can beat in the Atlantic. Crazy division. Just talking about um, GMs. Say again. The Sabres in the Atlantic. Ah, yes. Oh, oh, and them. Yes, that's right. Sorry. How could I forget them? Yeah. Who are they? They'll be crap again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Sabres fan. The uh, just talking about GMs, actually, um, the, the podcast. NHL executive suite. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen much yeah. to this. It's a bit, I think it's one of those, it's an extra, I think, because of all yeah. the other things that are going on in the league right now. Uh, but I did a lot of driving this week, so I ended up going to the fringes of my, uh, <laughs> yeah. my podcast. Is I drove for 14 hours in one day the Whoa. other day. Um, and one of the ones that I tapped into was the Vegas Golden Knights chairman um, and CEO, Bill Foley. And really interesting about his passion for the team, the, you know, the 500 mil that they put up, um, his experience coming from a variety of different industries and how they, how they grew things there. I thought it was really interesting, but also like the superstition as well that him and some of the other management always wear the same clothes, sit in the same seat and go to every home game. Uh, it did make me laugh, and I did think of them because of the controversial series that has been happening, the San Jose and Vegas one, which will conclude in Game 7 later tonight. Tonight, 3 a.m. UK yeah. time tonight. So, I mean, if we're on a high after the Leafs win, I'm, just, I'm up for watching that one. <laughs> I mean, like, just, I, I did put out a tweet before we did this podcast saying, Vegas or Sharks, who's your money on? And... A lot of people seem to think Vegas and that Sharks can't pull it out of the bag. But did you see the extended overtime game the other day? Yeah. Thomas Hurtle, shorthanded goal in double overtime to force that game seven at home, San Jose. I mean, it was one of those games where it it was like, if someone said this is a Stanley Cup final, I would have said, good God. Yeah, it really is. Uh, um, unbelievable. And I did ask um, both of our uh, San Jose Sharks fans for their opinion. Only one has yet to reply. <laughs> Perfectly acceptable. Um, yeah, they're probably napping. <laughs> Paul Brown, who was on um, on the podcast a couple of months back, uh, seemed, to, seemed to think, he just, oh, he put hashtag fear the fin. So he was feeling quite confident. A few other people seemed to think... Um, Hope for Sharks, but Head says Vegas. 
Uh, where's Andy? Andy Giddings has put a comment here. It says, Heart says Vegas. Head says that if you think the story has a happy ending, then you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about this one. And I think what will be interesting is that regardless if Las Vegas go through to the second round or not, they have proved that last year was not just a fluke, that actually they have the makings of a very solid team that in the future, or maybe in this, in this particular you know, series, who bloody knows, they could be a Stanley Cup contender. They've got the makeup there, haven't they? The goals, the good goaltender, the hunger, the fan base is unbelievable. And the San Jose Sharks have been hot and cold this season that I don't know, are they going to be able to continue that pace or have they just got a few lucky bounces um, in the last couple of games? That shorthanded goal, double overtime. I mean, really, as you say, coin toss in some of these moments it was waiting for who's going to make a mistake first. I simply have two words for you in answer to your question about uh, Sharks or Vegas. And those two words for you are Martin Jones. Okay. If he turns up and plays like he did in the last game, Sharks, easy. They yeah, walk it. Regular season. Yeah. yeah. But he, I mean, even, even playoff martin jones hasn't been there so far until the final game but he pulled off something like a 50 odd save uh, game to win that last one for the sharks and looked unreal and i think he will probably be the difference either way if he turns up sharks take it if he doesn't i'd back vegas Mm -hmm. georgie thoughts yeah i think eric carlson is the leading scorer in the shark at the moment with only seven assists is he Apparently, that's what. Wow. So uh, maybe they need to start scoring some more. Mm-hmm. scored like no goals this season. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, of all the players who have lost money this season, and I know he's had a lot going on and there's been a lot of things that have happened, but Eric Carlson, I mean, like he, yeah, he, he, is, he has put himself in a difficult position coming now because would you sign Eric Carlson for seven years? 10 million or whatever it was that he was going to be offered in Ottawa. I, bet I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although hang on, Georgie. No, 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 because that would mean him actually paying one of his stars in Ottawa, which is something mm. that the Ottawa senators refused to do. Mm. Um, one series that I have followed uh, very closely because I have a vested interest in it is the Dallas uh, Nashville series. Incredible. And what a series. And when we talk about that magic and that good feeling going into the playoffs, we both actually called this beforehand and we said that we didn't really get anything, any feelings from Nashville. Now, to be fair, it's not like it was easy for Dallas. It was a really well hard fought game and mm. it was battle of the goaltenders. Rene and Bishop were outstanding. Um, but my vested interest is I want Dash, uh, Dallas to do well because me and Matt, when we are in Slovakia, want to be watching playoff hockey for <laughs> Dallas and the Leafs, right? So I want Dallas to get through so that we can watch that uh, in the evening. But I've just, I've, I've really enjoyed that series because it, they were so well matched and the, the, the series just swung like a pendulum all the way through. 
And I was chatting to Matt, who was our Dallas fan um, earlier on this morning after he had just finished watching the game. And he was, I mean, he was in pieces. Like he couldn't believe that it actually had happened. Um, He said he stood up for the entire game. Uh, He said he tried sitting down several times, but it didn't work for him. Uh, He said he was concerned what his neighbors might think uh, that at five o'clock in the morning, he was shouting and screaming that loudly. Um, and yeah, from even messaging him later on today, I still don't think the come down has, uh, happened yet, but what a great series and what, a what a real, just a, another great story from this season. Cause you remember but they were it, an underdog. Well, it wasn't that long ago that they had their owner calling them all horse crap or whatever it was in public, like yeah. calling their star players out for being awful. Yeah. And yet now, and, look and actually them. looking at the points right now. Ben, six points. Sagan, five points. Uh, Radulov, I thought, was fantastic because how could you write the script of a former Nashville Predator knocks the Nashville <laughs> Predator out of the first round of the playoffs in Radulov's goal and the place erupted. I was fortunate to watch that one live. Mm. I was working the night shift and I had it on and, you know, like all your colleagues around are like busy doing worky things <laughs> and you're like witnessing this really historic moment. Like I had to like take my phone and go to the toilets and just watch the celebrations because <laughs> <laughs> it was just too exciting. But like moments after the game ended, um, Dallas did this tweet which just said, "This is what it feels like to be alive." And it was almost like whatever happens next, it doesn't matter. We've had this moment, and I think that's interesting in what different teams, depending on where they're at consider success because for some it's either get the cup or it's a fail and for others it's like let's just like start building the bricks of something that we're moving to the future let's get through the first round like for Toronto fans to get through the sec to the second round feels fucking epic oh to- <laughs> Toronto's Toronto's whole season is down to this game tonight. Oh, yeah. Whether yeah, yeah. Uh, Obviously, Kyle Dubas is not going to see Marner's it this way. Mitch ex- um, contract extension. All of that stuff. Yeah. For, for the fans' view on the entire Toronto Maple Leaf season, and by the time you listen to this, this is already outdated, which is hilarious for you listening to it now, but all of it is <laughs> just gone. If they lose to the Bruins, the entire season is deemed a failure. If they beat the Bruins, it's deemed a success, whatever happens in the second round. I would be interesting to know, Georgie, as someone who supports a team far more successful than my team has been since we were about minus 57, how, how would success have yourself. been judged this <laughs> season for the Pittsburgh Penguins? What would you have been happy with? I'm going to take the fact that being swept was not on that list. So what would you have been happy with this year? Uh, personally... Winning the Eastern Conference, like getting through the final, the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. 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 But I'd never had any hope that that would happen. And I think that that's the different thing, isn't it? I mean, I I, I have so little hope that the Leafs are going to win tonight against Boston because I mean, it's just, it doesn't happen. I can't believe the the turnaround that has occurred with you. So quickly in like the last two or three weeks, Georgie, for the whole season, <laughs> whole season, I have had to like just inside just laugh at Jolon because of his 
eternal optimism on this team. And in the last three weeks, it's just all fallen apart. I tell you. This is not the Jolon that I know. I tell you. Do you know what, what lost it? Sunday. That is where it went. The fact that the Leafs had an opportunity at home on a Sunday afternoon, on Easter Sunday, where the kids were out watching it, 3 p.m., Eastern time face-off. It was all set up beautifully. I could watch it in the evening. The family were round. Some of them even watched the game. Me and my dad watched it. You know, he's the Canadian part of me. It was like, oh, this is, this is what life is about, watching hockey at a normal time with your family. And I'm going to watch the Leafs beat the Bruins and the Leafs couldn't even flip in, be bothered to turn up until the third period. And it was then, from that point on, I have dialed back my expectations <laughs> to the bare minimum now that I, well, I don't know what's going to happen if they win tonight. I don't know what will happen. I probably think they're going to win the Stanley Cup again. But, yeah, we'll see. I don't know how you're containing yourself. The Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how, do you get, how do you turn yourself around from that? Because, it get, like, you lose game one of a series, and there's been so many examples of teams who lose a game one. And, you know, it's fine. Like, there are so many games. But I don't know about you, Georgie, but as a fan... It does make you think, I guess you wouldn't know this as a Penguins fan, but as, as a fan of a team that hasn't been so successful, you just go, well, here we go again. Yeah. It's the way, it's the way they lose. <clears throat> and the, how well the Islanders played. Yeah. That yeah. sums it up, really. Yeah. Um, Let's have a look. Timely saves, you know. Yeah, and those are the moments where you just, you know, your, your head's in your hands as a fan because you think, I've seen these players play so much better. Why can it not be now? And I guess that's probably what every Winnipeg Jets fan is thinking <laughs> right this second because they're another team who have come up against a team in the St. Louis Blues who were, and I know I've laboured this point on the podcast, but I think it's worth mentioning one more time, the St. Louis Blues who were bottom of the entire NHL in mm. January in January and they were getting ready to trade all of their players and just burn it all down and start again. They didn't. And now they've gone on a hot streak and got into the playoffs and now knocked out one of the favorites to win the thing in the Winnipeg Jets. And did you see Blake Wheeler's uh, interview with one of the uh, Winnipeg press after the game? I didn't know. He basically told, yeah, he basically told this reporter to just F off. After he asked him, like, where was the team's effort in that final game? Because like the Leafs a little bit in game six, the Jet, the problem with the Jets was they just didn't get any shots. Like, they were about to be eliminated and they mustered about six shots in two periods or something like that. And this reporter just said how, you know, it was a bit lackluster and where was the energy to kind of get going? <laughs> Blake Wheeler, the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, just yeah. tells him to do one <laughs> it, it wasn't a, a series that I ended up watching very much of um you know you kind of look over the highlights but it was the I I, I don't know maybe it's the journalist in me that I enjoy watching the storm that inevitably follows and seeing how you know the Jets came out and said they have a summer of tough decisions they um, do they've <laughs> got 15 pending free agents ah. Um, you know, the, the highs and the lows of being in the Western Conference final last season, they should have been serious contenders. I mean, I think there is always that heightened drama around a Canadian team 
which is built up and up and up and up and up and it's got to be this season, it's got to be this season and then they're dropped. There's something about the animosity that surrounds um, a Canadian team failing that is different, I think, to the to the anger that might be, say, of a Tampa Bay Lightning fan right now, um, you know? And you look at the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, geez, you couldn't have a more aggressive fan base if you tried. But there is something... And the Leafs fan base. Canadian fans Yeah, I was going to say, very good reason for that, yeah. Brutal, right? They are brutal. So I enjoy... I will enjoy over the next few months uh, watching Winnipeg Jets. I don't even know what have they got going in the... Um, uh, in the draft, I don't know where they feature in that. And Line's contract is up this season, so he's one of the free agents. Yeah, and Kyle Connor. Yeah, I'd love to see who gets more Connor or Line. Will they what switch you, to an American team? What would you What would you sign Line for, though? Pittsburgh might be needing a few extra. You'd go with that then. You'd go yeah. with a one year. Yeah, he had a. He reports he had a back injury and a groin injury this year, and that's why he was playing so badly. Really? Yeah. Line never signs a one-year contract, does he? Why would he? What is it? They own his rights, don't they? I suppose. So. Eighteen goals in like two months this year. Yeah. And he had nine the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, he did. He played all right in the playoffs, didn't he? As well as any. Yeah, jet did. yeah, he did pick it up. But... I don't know. I yeah, I think Claire's right when you know the amount of signings that the Jets have to do, and. Winnipeg has has historically never been a place that has been easy to get players to sign to until the last few years where they've kind of brought this success and they've brought this um, a bit of an X factor to the team, which I think has brought people over there. But that is going to be hard to replicate now because, I don't know, there's all these reports of a, you know, a bad dressing room and all of this kind of stuff. And is going to be gone. Yeah. And you just think, I don't know. whether I, I think they have got a really tough, well, they have got a really tough summer. It's the toughest GM job this summer. But I will be fascinated to see what Winnipeg Jets team comes back next year. St. Louis think, Blues on the other I hand. I think though. it'd be the most interesting GM job of the year. Because if you're a GM walking to a place where there are lots of bad contracts that you can't do anything about for years, your hands are tied. And whereas no, this, you want you want to be picking got, up. You want to be you want to be like Florida, or you want to be coming into a team like Florida, or coming into a team uh, at that level. You don't want to be coming into a team like Winnipeg now. I mean, Winnipeg now are that they've got to sign too many people for the cap. Like they can't sign everybody to the numbers they've got. They've got some horrible decisions to make about Line A, Carl Connor, people like that. Trooper going things. Hellebuck, is he going to be up to it? And there's now the expectation. That's the problem. You've got expectation to, to perform now. You've got no excuses. Is the hockey news predicted they would win this year four years ago? So obviously they're meant to win this year. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you look at the time frame for all of their, you know, they were they were down at the bottom of the league with the Leafs to get line A, you know, in the Matthews draft. So the time scale, you know, if you look at where the Leafs are now you would say that they're trending upwards with young stars who, you know, are on the way up. Can you say the same about Winnipeg? They've got some, but not signed yet. And who knows whether they'll be able to keep them. But I don't know. Tough. Yeah. Very tough. See, they are a solid team, though. They are. Yeah, they are. And, and they've, got, they've got a lot going for them, but I think it's going to be a tough off season. 
looking through um, the athletic uh, NHL playoff probabilities, which has, they, they update it daily. In fact, I've not looked this morning. Um, when I looked yesterday, Toronto had been up till Sunday's game, mm. uh, as you say, going on this trajectory, going further and further up the chances that they were going to be the Stanley Cup winner. That now has completely changed where in number one spot is Columbus Blue Jackets. Number two is Boston. Number three is St. Louis Blues. And number four is Toronto. But I did ask the question uh, for a Twitter poll early this week. Will the Blue Jackets go the whole hog and win the Stanley Cup? And I gave two options. Hell yes, they can. Or get real, you Egypt, N-O. And the result of that poll was... 77% 77% said, get real, you Egypt, and 23% said, hell yes, they can. The 23% were probably the Jackets fans. But currently, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think we have any Columbus fans. I think I've been the only temporary Columbus fan that we've had. Or maybe season. Tampa fans, because it makes it slightly easier for them, doesn't it? If Columbus maybe. go on and win the Stanley Cup, like, that does make it slightly easier. Maybe, but there was also um, a, a piece that Sean McIndoe wrote about is all this chaos a good thing? Oh, that the was best fascinating. Team always wins or not. So he talked about these two doors of which door are you? Are you someone that kind of thrives on the drama and the twists and the turns? Or you have a much more structured approach where no, if they have the right, you know, kind of contracts, they have the right goaltender, the right stars, then they should be the best team and they the best team should win. And door number two took into account the regular season far more, whereas yes. door number one seemed to just suggest that the regular season was just a way to get into the playoffs. And then it was the playoffs is a machine that will that will select the best team that year. Yeah. Whereas instead of, you know, many more factors, it, it was a fascinating article. And like I mean, the regular season is a rehearsal. Well, it, yeah. You get to the dance and it's a rehearsal for preparing for that final killer game of chess yeah but it, it it's interesting because it makes you think it you know it does put the thought in your head of well what's the point why do i watch 82 games a season of meaningless <laughs> hockey when all that matters many is many people have thought that when happened Edmonton yeah. Oilers fans well yeah la kings well yeah no you're right george the owners want the money and that's how they make the money to do it and you couldn't have the but and that, I think that is the thing that I remember talking about on this podcast before. The drama and the excitement and the the hype around the playoffs and the intensity of the playoffs doesn't happen without the 82-game season. I, I think that is it at the end of the day. And okay, maybe you could have a shorter season or whatever, but you have still got to have that season to then have this playoffs format in the way that it is in the intensity. Mind you, I was reading, so NHL last year put out the sustainability report mm. about climate change because obviously they spend a hell of a lot of money doing airfare, don't they? Shipping the teams yeah. around and um, yeah, there are various things to kind of try and counter counterbalance that. But one of the things was potentially a shorter season, less games in the future. Mm. Um, they should do it. Yeah. I mean, as a British fan, again, I don't know what you two think about this, but as a British fan, I can't understand why they have an 82-game season. I get that it's probably financially, but it baffles me that... And whenever you tell anyone 
that you follow a hockey team and, oh, how many, you know, they play once a week. No, 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 they play 3.2 games a week or whatever mm. it is. Like, it is crazy the amount of games that they play in the regular season. And I don't know, would it, would it be better? It's probably a conversation for not during the playoffs, but I don't know, would it be a better product to watch as a fan if it was, I don't know, like a normal amount of games? But I think in the, the thing that is unique to NHL, and I know this is something that Steve talks about a lot, that there is no better sport than NHL playoffs in that you cannot write down, we could have written in an envelope two weeks ago what we thought was going to happen or we put in our NHL brackets. Mm. And then within a matter of days, it's complete rubbish. Yeah. Um, it's year, not especially. like a game of Monopoly, which is a slow, painful death when your younger brother thinks that he's like just going to slowly destroy you and take absolute pleasure. And it's a long, drawn-out thing. That's called the NBA, Claire. <laughs> that is exactly the NBA because the top seed, the top seed wins. Like yeah. the top seed beats the eighth seed, then they go to the next round, then they go to the next round, and then Golden State Warriors win the NBA title again. Like mm. it, it's. So are you saying it is a good thing? So that question that he asked is all this chaos a good thing? Do you enjoy it? I yeah, I enjoy the chaos. I mean, I yeah, I enjoy the chaos, but the the question about whether teams like Tampa and Calgary going out in round 1 in the manner that it did, whether that is positive or not, I don't know because it does slightly devalue the regular season. So my worry would be that teams will look at this playoff series and think why should we try and be like Tampa in the regular season next year because well that got them nowhere yeah and there's no there's there doesn't seem to be any recognition of winning the president's trophy like no one's going to remember that Tampa won the president's trophy without looking it up in five years time everyone's going to remember who won the Stanley Cup this year and so there's that difference Mm. and so if the regular season or if the regular season has absolutely no bearing on the playoffs, then my slight worry is you just end up with teams that just mail it in for the regular season and just make sure they get to the playoffs. And then that's it. Could also be that you turn that around and that you start to use the regular season to really trial your youth. Um, And we see a more wider variety of goalies rather than just relying on one person because that's when, yeah. yeah. So it could be that they that teams open open their mind a little bit more um, to how they use their games in the regular season. I would also be interested to know, and Georgie, with the Penguins and Islanders series still fresh in your mind, um, oh, just rub that. I know. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm just enjoying it. While I've got another probably five hours of my team being in the Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm just enjoying that. Um, <laughs> With that in mind, the other thing I wonder about the playoffs is how long there can be a difference between playoff hockey and regular season hockey. There is ever more a push for a fairer game, a more transparent game, a game where everybody knows where they stand, everybody knows the rules, goal review, video review, things like that. Mm. And I just wonder how long this whole... Uh, referees putting their whistles away during playoff games and referees refing it differently for playoff games and the the physicality being far more of a 
of of something that is useful now as opposed to just something that will get penalized all the way through the regular season i wonder how long that can be a thing as well and whether that is something that's going to trend out in which case the playoffs then become more like the regular season which could see a change again was i don't know in that islanders pens series georgie was a was it, did it feel much different from the regular season in how it was officiated or how the, the players were playing that game? They were letting more stuff go. I mean, on both sides. I'd say the, the Penguins were trying to be physical, but they're not really built for that. <laughs> so it didn't help the Penguins. Uh, yeah. I, I think it should be... The beginning of the season, they always decide to bring in, oh, we're going to call every slash we see and then by the end of the season they've stopped doing it by the penguin by the penguins by the playoffs they, um, they don't even call i rarely call slashing unless it's a vetchkin doing a massive slash uh, <laughs> yeah yeah but they, breaks. it is normal in the playoffs that they they keep the momentum and they let more yeah. things go i think that that is a very expected thing actually that uh there is a different degree but, of refing in the playoffs. But I think it's jarring more. It's jarring more now as teams trend towards a faster, more skillful based hockey. Kind of keep and up. the physicality is still part of the game. But, you, you know, look at the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks this year and they have been awful. And the reason they're awful is because they are slow. Hmm. They are built on a, on a game which was five years ago. And if you build that and you want teams to get faster and more skillful and that be the type of hockey you're trying to promote, then there's no way you can promote that if then, as soon as they get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter because the Dana Chara can jump off two feet and elbow a guy in the face and the referees don't even give a penalty. That's fair play. Well, yeah, I know I was too. Can you tell the, <laughs> there's still anger in my voice over that one? But but I'm trying to make a kind of a wider point apart from that specific. But if you are going to let things like that happen in the playoffs, then how do teams gear up for them? You're going to end up having teams playing fast, exciting, skillful hockey in the regular season. And then come trade deadline, it's going to be, hey, who can we get in for reinforcements for the playoffs? Which is just ridiculous. It's a transitional period as well, though, it is. isn't it? It is. And, and I think what I also have found interesting, when you look at the different styles of hockey, because when I became an ice hockey fan, I just thought that everyone, there are like so many numbers, there's six people on the ice, they have a puck, they try and hit it into their net. Simples, right? <laughs> but the difference of hockey in, say, Russia to how it is in Europe, to how it is in North America that there are these different styles and what was expected to have been that more physical style in North America compared to Europe, where it is faster and more skillful, which feels the way the NHL is starting to go towards is so different. And I remember talking to um, a young uh, guy, a young Canadian who had played out uh, college hockey for many years uh, when he was studying. And then he came over to Europe to play professionally and then moved over to the UK to play in the elite league. And I was saying to him, look, I don't really know very much about how hockey is different in these different countries. Explain it to me. And, um, he just said, obviously there's a difference in size of ice. Hmm. That's the biggest thing for Europe and North America. Um, but that typical, get out there, he was like six foot five. So he was a big body, but he was a fast forward. And yeah. he was always someone who got out there and got the goals in. 
but he would go out there and he would check people to get his way physically to get to the net. And when he started playing in Europe, everything was called. He was constantly penalised. Yeah. And he's like, he, he very quickly had to learn how it wasn't worth throwing himself and, and like uh, doing all the physical stuff because what he needed to do was find a way to use his energy. He needed to keep his energy to not do the physical stuff so that he could keep his speed up. Mm. Um, and so it was a lot more about looking for the lines, the opportunities, getting to know your teammates rather than just throwing and using that six foot five body every corner of the ice that he used to. So, I, I, but he said the thing that was most frustrating was the whistle kept going all the time and it drove him nuts. Yeah. And so when he came to the UK, the UK is more traditionally built on the North American style. We have a lot more American Canadian players um, that come over. Mm. So I, I had never really considered hockey from that point of view, but I almost kind of thought, I don't want to go that European way, but it is naturally kind of feeling like over the years, we're in that transitional period and maybe that's what the future will be like. Something to think about anyway. When you go watch the world champs in <laughs> yeah. Slovakia, I yeah. think that's worth considering um, as an ice hockey fan to watch how those different styles in something like a world champs really combine. Mm. And how on earth do you ref that knowing that there are these different styles of play? Because to me, that yes, in football, there is like a more defensive kind of play and there's a maybe a bit more offensive but ultimately football is football it's a bunch of boys running around kicking a ball oh, crying and, and rolling about the and floor girls. yeah and what and girls and 2019 girls, of Come course, on yeah <laughs> well most of our girls yeah that's the point i'm making but i never really thought with ice hockey how different interpretations of the game that they could be how subjective yeah. that can be yeah and um, even you know even you know forgetting the worlds and forgetting europe and england and and north america you know, we, we have a National Hockey League which has two separate seasons in terms of how they're played. Like, that's how different it can be within one game. Like, you know, the playoffs is is different to the regular season, mm. which, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same as you. Like, I have I've pulled my hair out at some of the non-calls that have happened in the series that I've been watching. But at the same time, I kind of think, could I have... Can I have... It's, it's the kind of have a cake and eat it thing. It's like... I want that intensity and I want that difference and I want that leveling up of intensity, but can you have that without all of the other stuff? I don't know, but uh, yeah. Me, I like the, I like the, the pace and the momentum and what I enjoyed about the hockey games that I watched last night, particularly how the Carolina hurricanes are running rings around the caps was just that the pace kept going when you've got a really confident goalie who is not kind of just jumping on the puck, shutting down the pace every two seconds to playing it safe, but kind of taking those little risky moves where they grab the puck and they shoot it back off to their defenseman, but they can see that forward from the other team <laughs> coming at them 100 miles an hour. It's a risky yeah. move, but it keeps the pace up. That's when I get really excited. And I think ultimately that's probably why I ended up really enjoying the last few seasons being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan because mm. we are a team that's built on that kind of speed that pace and you give us an opportunity to run and my god we will run um so uh, I mean it's coming up to like uh an hour that we've been distracting ourselves now right we've still Georgie, got... be great I literally don't know what we'd have done me and Claire if you well, weren't what here are we me... gonna do for an hour and a half I don't well I don't know 
I was going to go for a nap. I was going to go for a nap, but yeah, I don't know. Have you, George, you're somebody who's followed a team who have got far further than the Leafs are probably going to get this time round. But <laughs> well, well, even if we beat Boston, we're not going to go on and win the cup, are we? Well, we've not had um, a clean sweep in play in the first round. Come no, on, we've done better. <laughs> but Georgie, as a as a fan who has been there and seen a team go uh, all the way through, have you got any advice for fans who maybe who 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 aren't as experienced in going this far in the playoffs? Wow. Perhaps look at that optimism; it's back. Uh, any advice? That's such a harsh question <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. No advice. Just don't, don't enjoy it. After we lose a game, or yeah, two. or two. <laughs> enjoy or it. Enjoy it while it lasts. Is maybe what you want to say in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I really don't know. I, I, I all day today. And we're going to record a bit, aren't we, at the after what, when it's finished? In, in the final five minutes. Really? Yeah. You I want mean, to do that? Yeah. I mean, that is going we to be... Could, we, it could be 5 nil to Boston, we but can we've got to make that commitment yeah? that in the final five minutes, we will hit record and we'll just leave it recording. And five, uh, if we are 5 nil down to Boston in the last five minutes, you will be here on your own. I will have gone <laughs> by yeah. that point. You will not. Five nil down with five minutes to go. Yeah, my toys will have been well and truly thrown out of the pram. But it's but it's Austin Matthews. He can. But do it's anything. never going to happen. Four one. Now <laughs> then, I'll be watching. <laughs> Say again. What was that, Georgie? Mitch Marner. He can do anything. Well, he is. He is currently the uh, jersey that I'm wearing. Can today. I just Lovely. say, he right, your jersey? There. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do this. But you've got a little bow. You've bowed up your jersey. Yeah, it used to really annoy me that you used to dangle it's down. It's just so nerdy. All right, I'll undo it then. Oh, you tied up the strings. Yeah. yeah. Oh. What a nerd. <laughs> nerd. It's, anyway, a, it's now like... it looks a mess. Now it's going to tangle with my headphone wire. <laughs> Hang on a minute. No, no, no. What am I doing? Changing, changing part of my jersey before this game seven. You don't change anything. <laughs> By the way, do you think you're sitting in this seat? No, 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 no. You're sitting over there because I've sat in this seat all the way through. Oh, right. Okay. I'm even wearing the same T-shirt underneath my jersey that I wore in game five, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which is a Toronto Blue Jays T-shirt. And I I just didn't think about wearing it. I just wore it. But now, of course, when I was getting dressed there, I was thinking, hang on a minute. What did I wear for game five? I was thinking... What I wear makes no difference to how Mitch Marner is going to play or how Austin Matthews is going to play. But in my stupid little head, I'm thinking I need to make sensible choices here, guys. Uh, I know. I, I thought I had to come and represent. So that's why I gathered everything. The only one thing that I didn't bring that I do have that's merch is I have one singular glove. Yeah, no, that's weird. Just one. I'd ask the other one. <laughs> but I thought that wouldn't make a difference. Maybe five minutes to go, I might be thinking different. Anecdotally, um, have you two seen, as opposed to the rest of this podcast, which of course has not been anecdotal at all, um, have any of you seen anything about the Drake curse? So, yeah, tell me about this. All right. So, Drake, uh, you may you may well know well, Drake. Austin Matthews is a big fan of he's Drake. A, he's an artist. He's oh, a, right. 
that, that, that drone. Yeah. An artist. Yeah, no, no, he's not. He's not a Carolina Hurricanes fourth liner or anything like that. He is a, a singer, arguably. Yeah, he's you know a, a lot of people like him. A lot of people like him. Anyway, uh, he's from uh, Toronto, I think. Uh, he had the CN Tower on uh, one of his albums, and um, what was really strange was that. Drake attended the Toronto game, which was game four. No, it was the one they lost. So it would have been possibly game. Six? No, I think it was game four he, he was at. Which, yes, because it was the Leafs' second game at home. So it was the game where they could have gone 3-1 up at home. And um, this was just after um, Paul Pogba, the Manchester United player, had had a picture with him. Manchester United then lost that game. Aguero uh, suffered exactly the same fate as well. Got a picture with Drake and uh, then Man City also lost. Um, even Conor McGregor lost after uh, posing alongside him as well at a fight that he was having. Um, AS Roma, the football team, aren't taking any chances and they jokingly banned their players from taking selfie with Drake until the season ends. And then the next night, he then goes to Scotiabank Arena in a Leafs jersey and they lose game four. Now, you might just think this guy is just incredibly bad luck. Not only that, reportedly, if that's even a word, reportedly, is that a word? I've been talking for too long. Reportedly, we'll go with it. He was at Scotiabank Arena for game six didn't tell anyone because he'd seen the stuff about the superstitions. So went incognito and hid in the arena and yet the Leafs still lost. He was spotted and now he's being blamed for the reason the Leafs didn't clinch in game six. And so Leafs fans in their wonderful way that they do on Twitter have now plastered the internet with Drake superimposed with a Boston Bruins jersey on just to try and screw the hoax over and uh, meaning that he turns up in a Boston Bruins jersey. So everybody's just hoping that Drake is anywhere but TD Garden tonight in a Leafs jersey, because if he walks in, we might as well just pack up and go. There you go. That would be fun. So that, that's the excuse yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ban him from any of your teams. Do not think that he is a positive influence on any of your teams. Ask Manchester United, Manchester City, Roma and also the Toronto Maple Leafs. I support Man U. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, tough times for you at the moment, isn't it? Mm. God, you've had a really tough like few weeks, come to think of it. Yeah. yeah it's... I, I thought I had it bad as a Derby County fan and a Toronto Maple Leafs fan right now, but arguably I think you've probably had it worse. Two far <laughs> more successful teams, I would like to add for you. Um, also, did... Um, I don't know how long Claire wants to carry on talking, but um, <laughs> did any of you see the uh, awards that were the nominations for the awards that came out? Oh, uh, very, very briefly. I've been watching hockey, not looking at awards. Tell me, tell me. What well, we should have had a Selkie nomination. Say again. Perhaps we should have had a Selkie nomination. Really? What were the awards then? Did he, did he get anything? Did Pittsburgh get anything? No. <laughs> well... I mean, I, I feel very sorry for Morgan Riley, who missed out on a Norris nomination. Uh, he wasn't in the top three. 
Uh, I can't remember who the top three were, but um, uh, Mark Giordano uh, of Calgary Flames, uh, Victor Hedman, and the other one. Uh, Brett Burns. Thank you very much. Uh, Brett Burns. Yeah, thank you. So those are the three there. The Vesna uh, nominations for goaltenders is fascinating. Ben Bishop was nominated. Andre Vasilevsky, obviously, and is probably yeah. going to win the thing. Uh, and the other one, yeah, Robin Lenner of the New York Islanders, which again, following his story and what he's been through and to get himself a Vesna nominated season is just quite something. Um, but the reason I brought this up was because everyone's favorite Leaf, Nazim Kadri, tweeted... Yes, that's right, because he's got nothing else to do because he can't play ice hockey. Um, he said, uh, Morgan Riley got snubbed for the Chucky Norris Award. Uh, Monster Year was a slam dunk for my guy. At NHL, might need to consider reviewing that one. Uh, a nomination at the very Ooh. least. That man is not somebody who sounds like he's very sorry. But anyway. Good spoon. Who decides these things? It's a mixture, isn't it? Uh, like, journalists... Don't journalists vote for the Norris? I no. I think journalists vote for the Norris. GMs vote for the Vesna. Hmm. Um, it's a mixture. They take different kind of samples. Really? It's yeah. a, I don't know why. I've just never even been switched into any of that before. Before this season, until people started mentioning it. As a, as a fan from afar, as a, as a bedroom fan... I was all about, it's enough to keep up with my team, watching the games and read the Toronto media. Mm. But as we've said, this, doing this podcast this year has completely opened our eyes to the sport in such a, a bigger horizon. The mm. detail and the things that we're noticing about the sport, like we say, the trophies, were not even on my radar this time last year. No. So... Uh, it's also, fascinating. shout out to uh, Jordan Binnington as well, who is, uh, he won't win it, but is making a real case for a Calder Cup uh, trophy for Rookie of the Year. Say again. Yeah. Who were the Calder nominations? Were they out yet? I can't remember if, I don't think those are out yet, um, but Binnington was going to be up there. I mean, Elias Pettersson will win it, and there's no doubt. I mean, he's had such an incredible uh, season. Yeah, he would be another one. Um, I mean, Andreas Jonsson was up there for a while. Um, he had a he's had an incredible rookie year. He's but much with him, he's a bit older. Yeah, but I mean, but I same with Binnington. I mean, he's what like twenty five or something like that. But the way that he won, well, was such a crucial part of the the blues turnaround i mean you could argue that he was probably the main reason why the blues are sitting pretty in the second round and not rock bottom of the nhl and in your rookie year as a goaltender all of the question marks were surrounding him going into the first round of the playoffs and people saying can he do it is he going to be good enough is he going to break is he going to crack and apart from one game where he didn't look great he has been outstanding that but then like i 2.0 yeah yeah, and I, and I guess, but I, I suppose, can you not give it to Elias Pettersson? Because what, what an amazing talent that kid oh, has yeah. been. Yeah. And he's also probably meant that, you know, Vancouver are going to be in the playoffs next year. Swedish Olympic team are jacked for the future. They really are. I'm gutted that um, in Slovakia, I'm not going to see Sweden because they're in the other side of the draw. So they're in the other group. Oh. Um, because I would just love to see 
Yeah, so many of those Swedes, but yeah, Elias Pettersson would be a dream to just watch. Darling, yeah. yeah, and, and Darlin and all of those players, uh, they just play such an incredible brand of hockey and to watch them in the environment of the Worlds would be quite something. But I am going to get to see Patrick Kane. He's captaining uh, Team USA. Jack Eichel is going as well. Um, there's quite a few players who are going from uh, the NHL this year. Uh, notably, no Conor McDavid. I'd be so interested just... how we can watch that. I wonder what kind of coverage there'll be for you can people fly across from the Gatwick world. to Cossage and then. <laughs> don't have time for that. Kind stay in of a stuff. hostel. Yeah, yeah. Never stayed in a hostel before. You've never stayed in a hostel before. No, have we not talked about this before? Are you? How posh are you? Did you not stay in not... like hostels when you were like eighteen, going on a boys' trip? No. Nah. No. Really? I've never. I've never stayed in a hostel in my entire life. I mean, I've slept on floors, park benches, airports, railway stations. So a hostel felt like an upgrade for me sometimes when I went traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Just happy no. to have a bed, but get yourself an eye mask and get yourself some earplugs. Because oh, there's nothing worse than the, the paper bag rustlers. Sorry, the plastic bag rustlers. When you share a room with loads of people, yeah. there's always, always, especially in Europe, because you have the Americans who go to bed really late so yeah. they stay up and they've got their screens and you could see the flickering light of their phones and their laptops all night. So that's that's going to be me and Matt Day watching the Dallas Stars in the third round. And then, you have, and then you have a lot of the Asians who go to bed really early, but they get up really early. And then, because everyone's always got plastic bags, then you get woken up at four or five in the morning with everyone rustling in their bags trying to get everything out. So you've got to have... The earplugs for the plastic bag protection, and you've got to have the eye mask for the late night laptop watchers. Okay. Any advice for me, Georgie, in this hostel? Yeah, I was going to say you bring a, a padlock because you usually get a little locker. Bring a padlock so you can lock Good advice. Things. And padlocks, flip flops as well. Right. Padlocks, <laughs> they just give you, a, you get, well, the ones I went in once, you just get a locker, but you don't have the lock. Yeah. And always go for the top bunk. Mm. Can't remember if it's bunks. I know it's a six-bed dormitory that we're in, and me and <laughs> yeah, me and Matt have two of them. Get the bed um, near the plug. <laughs> right, great. <laughs> I stayed in a hostel once in Italy. Um, yeah, it was a last-minute backpacking thing, and uh, the toilet was just in the I corner think I of the know room. Oh, come on! It was just in the corner of the room, and it was like a ten-bed dorm. It was that's horrible. called prison. So things, things have, you know, now you get free Wi-Fi at least. We're hoping yeah. we do. Maybe a room around the toilet would help. Oh, yeah. I look forward to hearing about your dormitory. What a, what a, what a growth year you're having. Mm, it's going to be real, uh, really job, exciting. trip to a dormitory. You've got hockey friends. So <laughs> I feel like you've grown up in the last nine months that we've known each other. I will have certainly aged. Six months. Give me, give me four hours and I'll have aged quite considerably, <laughs> probably more than I have in this whole entire okay, year. Okay, so it's 22.53. Georgie, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much um, for having the balls to come on despite a difficult week for you. You've given yeah. us some insight in how to prepare. Yes. Well, on the bonus, um, Penguins have a first-round pick for the first time in six years. Oh, Yeah. So it's not all bad For then. The first time in six years. Yeah, seven. No, it's 2019. Yeah, so it is seven years. We gave wow. up capital to you guys. See. I know. Thanks for that. 
Amazing. He's great. Love him. Yeah. Right. So um, we're now going to like just try and go and, I don't know, dance around, entertain ourselves for an hour, and then we'll come back next time you hear our voice. If you're not a Toronto or Boston fan, you're not interested yeah, switch off now. <laughs> in uh, anything to do with what happened in Game 7 of one of the greatest games of Stanley Cup playoffs this season. Whoa. What it is for us, anyway. Then, then switch off. And if you want to join our Slack group, by the way, uh, do yeah. drop us an email, nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com. I can't promise that what we uh, record for the next part of this podcast will be without swearing, no. um, without howling tears crying while we're on the screaming. subject of the slack, slack group i'd just like to say if if the result doesn't go the way that i'm hoping tonight i apologize for my absence uh, but i will be disappearing i will be properly going offline for, i would say three to four days um so you guys have great fun on that slack group it's fantastic banter there's loads going on um i'm really sorry that i'll miss it for four or five days but i'll, I'll be back i'll be back ready for round two uh but yeah you, you guys have fun on there. Unless these win, and then I'll be unbearable. I'll be unbearable. And my little heart's going to be torn between my beloved Toronto and my beloved Columbus. No, 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 it's not. That's not even a thing. You can't, have, you can't pick your fake team over your real team. No. Anyway, we are not talking about the second round. We are just not talking about <laughs> it, right? We talk about the second round at 3 a.m. when the Leafs beat Boston, right? Okay. We will see you on the other side. Thank you, Georgie. Have a good luck and have a good evening. Thank you very much. Go, Leafs, go. <coughs> I feel sick. Yeah. So, for full disclosure, we are two periods down. The Leafs are currently losing 2-1, but have just bossed the second period. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to feel. Also, at the end of the second period, Brad Marchand went and had a little picky-pokey fight on Austin Matthews right by the Toronto bench. Mm. Like, what? So uncharacteristic of him. And Zdeno Chara on what the commentators called a peacekeeping mission, which is an interesting way of uh, describing someone coming in with two, two fists into someone's face. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it. I've never watched a hockey game where I've had to tell myself so much to keep breathing. Hmm. It's it's not only keep breathing. It's just. You, you end up following it. I mean, that second period felt like it was about three minutes. Like, it just flew by. And I was saying to you that even sometimes when I'm watching on the day after and the commercial breaks come on, I have to still leave the commercial breaks and not skip through them because it's just too intense. Like, you can't watch that just constantly for two hours. So you need those little two-minute breathers. And it happens in here now when we're watching it and the commercial break comes on. Both of us just kind of sit back in the sofa and kind of, yeah, breathe. And it's just, it's mad. I don't know if we're going to do it. I just don't know. We were, At one point it said shot attempts, 45, Toronto, Boston, 25 in the second period. Well, I, Boston, I think Boston only had about two shots in that second period. Um, 
and the Leafs had a load and then loads of pressure and a power play as well. I mean, it, it just depends what happens third period, doesn't it? And like you know, bounces need to go your way and yeah, who knows? I mean, it, it's it's been such an even series all the way through. Games have gone either way, and then you know this this game is summing that up. Boston had the first period, Toronto had the second period. You're now literally down to third period, game seven. Here we go. It had to be. Well, we might speak to you later. <laughs> They've lost anyway. Oh, God. Oh, no, not Nylander. No! Nylander gave, gives it away for the empty net. There you go. There's your script written. But look at the number on the clock. 2.34. You're giving up. Huh? You're giving up. They're not scoring three goals in 2.34. <laughs> they can't, they couldn't, they've scored one goal. William Nylander, you have just about signed yourself into being hated by so many Toronto fans. Oh, I don't think I can watch. Can't see them celebrate again. to say <laughs> there's only one thing that we've got to do we say good night what who do we what who the hell are you calling let's try oh no i can't no i can't i might say something i regret hello is that ross Ross, it's Claire and Jolon. Oh, how are you doing? Can I can I just check, Ross? Are you are you watching live? Yeah. 
I am indeed. Okay, yes. I would I would hate to spoil that moment if you were on some delay or something. <laughs> Can we not do this next year, please? I I yes, I agree to that. I agree it to is that. Absolutely horrendous. How can you find that horrendous? That was your game all the way through. Well, I don't know. Two could play well, but we kept turning it over and... Oh, wow. A bit Con- rough. Congratulations. I mean, it, it, it pains me to say it, but you guys deserved it with that winning game six and then that performance tonight. Yeah, I just I thought coming back to Boston, that, that was a, a big thing. I was... A bit apprehensive this morning, but not much. And then before game, obviously, shit and bricks. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to bed now, Ross. I've got work at seven. Yeah, I've got work tomorrow morning, and I'm going to be utterly miserable. But at least you can enjoy the fact that you've got a second round to look forward to. Yeah, apologies. No, 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 do not apologise. <laughs> I wouldn't be apologising if it was the other way around, Ross. So you should be well, uh, you know. enjoying every second of it. <laughs> Good night, guys. See ya. Cheers, Ross.